about the place we're going? Anybody excited about that it's out of this world? Amen. Even when it starts coming down, it's going to be a new creation, a new heaven, and a new earth. That new heaven, new earth is not going to know anything about sin. It's not going to know anything about the devil. It's not going to know anything about you and I coming up short and dropping the ball and none of this other junk. Amen. We won't have to worry about battling. We won't have to worry about fighting. We won't have to worry about rolling stones out of the way. We won't have to worry about bearing crosses. We won't have to worry about fasting. We won't have to worry about doing any of those things. But in that glorified body, we're going to have church like we ain't never had church. We're going to sing new songs and we're going to sing it, amen, in the right beat. We're going to sing it, amen, with the right music. Everything's going to be just right. And the promise and the surety of it, amen, it will know it'll never get messed up. It'll never get messed up. It'll never get messed up. Hallelujah. There won't be no imps and there won't be no bad spirits and there won't be no bad attitudes. There won't be some up and some down, honey. We gotta be together like we ain't never been together. Hey, all this way tonight, you better get excited about this, honey. I'm going somewhere, honey, it's out of this world. Glory, glory, glory be to the only wise and saving God tonight. Bless his holy name. He's alive and well. He's ripped all your devils. He's dead with you all. He's my lifter in this house tonight. I don't need drugs. I don't need alcohol. I don't need everybody to lift me up. I've been lifted by the greatest thing that you can be lifted by. Jesus Christ can't lift it. You, you can't be lifted. The Holy Ghost can't stir you. You can't be stirred. Man, I'm God glad I've got introduced to somebody that lifted me up. Woo! Man, it put something inside of us. Hallelujah. And I didn't deserve it either. I didn't earn it. I didn't work in attainment. And I hadn't done the best job since then. But he just keeps showing up. And he just keeps lifting me up. Because he knows I love him. And he knows that you love him. If you'll keep loving him. Hallelujah. You know he loves us. And he loves us with an everlasting love. And I tell you he's in this house tonight to lift up somebody. He's in this house to help somebody tonight. Praise God. Brother Ford had mentioned the youth. Amen. If... My memory serves me right, I think. Bryson got the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues. Well, at least he said he spoke in tongues. I think Brother Ben said he got the Holy Ghost. Then the following night he said, the man that Tate and Layla and Billy Jack spoke in tongues. Now for some others, this is one that he, amen. Praise God. Oh yeah, we ought to get excited about it. <laughs> and when they get back here, you know what? They're used to about 200 kids doing it with them. You got to help take the place. You got to help show it up. You got to be just excited about it as they are. If you sit back there and don't think it's much to it, it won't take long. They'll be doing what you're doing. 
you get home and you don't talk about it and you don't get excited about it and you just in your way I do, that'll get a hold of them and pull them dry. Hey, come on. See, the best thing that ever happened to him or not, you got to get your mind made up. On your worst day on this earth, it's still the best thing that ever happened. I don't care how many times you shipwrecked him. I don't care how many times you messed up. I'm telling you to be introduced to Jesus Christ and the baptism of the Holy Ghost and this gospel is the best thing that ever happened to us. Money can't buy this. All the silver and gold can't buy this. All the wisdom in the world can't buy this. Hallelujah, no matter what your last name is. If it's above all the trumps, amen, I'm telling you, it's no name like the name of Jesus. Praise God. We've been blessed, and God's been good to us right here in Bendale, Mississippi. And I thank God for it tonight. Thank God for what he's doing. Thank God for what he's going to do. I just want him. You know, he's going to be God if I want him to or not. I just want to let him be God in my life. That, that, that means that I don't have, you know, I don't have to manipulate him. And he don't have to go around corners. And, no. Uh, I just want to be God. Ever how he sees fit to be God in my life. Ever how he sees fit to answer the prayers. And whenever he sees fit to answer the prayer. Ever how he sees fit to breathe on us and move upon us. Even on a Wednesday night like tonight. Amen. We can come in here in the attitude and spirit. I've been working all day and I'm tired and it's hot. And I agree with you 100%. But I don't let that attitude get hold of my mind or my praiser either. Hallelujah. Because it's not in your heart hot as it's going to be for some. Amen. It's not, and it's not near as cool as it's going to be for others. Because it's going to be real cool going to heaven. It's going to be real awesome going to heaven. It's going to be out of this world going to heaven. It's going to be something else to get a glorified body. It's going to be something else to sing that new song. It's going to be something else to join up with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Paul and Peter and Mary and Martha and all the rest of them. Man, enjoy the presence and the power of God. Got your Bibles tonight? First Timothy 1 and 3. We'll just read that verse tonight. I know we've been having a in 2 Timothy 3 and 15, but let me just read this and then you're hearing tonight. We'll go from there. First Timothy 1 and 3. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went unto Macedonia. That thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Man, I'm not interested in preaching any other doctrine than what's in this book. I don't want to add to it. I don't want to take from it. I just want to walk in it, love it, respect it, and let it work. It's big enough to stand all by itself. In fact, if you believe this is the book, hey man, it's going to stand when everything else is sinking sand. Everything else is going to disappear, but the book's still going to be here. The Word of God's never going to fail us. It never has failed anybody, and it's not going to fail anybody, hey amen, in the generation we're living in. They talk about a lot of failures, a lot of Christians, that's all, you know, so-called Christians, hey amen, the churches closing up. They wouldn't churches are start with start that. I can start that. The doctrine says, amen, they wasn't built on the right foundation. What do they expect? The doctrine says they didn't have the right spirit in them to protect them and lead them and guide them. What do you expect? This God does not fail. But you and I got to do it God's way. If you're not going to do it God's way, you probably will not do it at all. 
I want to do it God's way. How about you? Lord, we love you tonight and appreciate you. Thank you for your presence and your touch. We give you all the glory, all the praise and honor in this house tonight. I'm thankful for every man, woman, boy, and girl in this place. I'm asking you to bless them, to strengthen, use them. Let thy will be done in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. God bless you and you may be seated. Praise God. Man, God's been so good. As we look at this tonight, and I'm, I'm, I want to talk to start with, just start out tonight. And, and we're going to go to back actually because Ephesus. He wanted them to abide at Ephesus. And there, amen, that they would charge. Charge means to command. When you command somebody, that means there's no option. Well, I said, God, take that garbage out now. And one of the best ways to get them to respond is start when they're real young and they keep fooling around about it, get your switch. <laughs> but God used rods. A rod, you know, switch is just a smaller rod, it's just a little more limber. It won't break the leg, it'll just stripe them. Well, we can make up in our minds, they're going, them legs are going to get striped one way or the other. Either by you connect, correct, correcting them or they'll be wearing the stripes. You, they're going to wear stripes one way or the other. Hey, I'm walking to the Holy Ghost tonight without even intending to. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're living in a world that don't want nobody to say nothing. They want you to say nothing about their unguided lifestyles and want to let just everybody do what they want to do. But I'm here to tell you this God hadn't changed. He's the same God yesterday and today and forever. And he'll fulfill every promise. He can heal every disease. He can heal every affliction. He can deliver us out of all the bondage. He can deliver us out of all the darkness. But we got to do it God's way. And if we'll do it God's way, I'm here to tell you not one single soul in this house tonight. Don't have to worry about the journey. God's already got your needs supplied. He's already got every need supplied. He don't just halfway do it. He don't do it for this one and not for that one. I'm telling you, God's always supplied the needs. You ain't got to worry about it. David said, I was young, but now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. I'm saving the same God that David's talking about. He have never forsaken me. If there's any forsaken, then I've done it. I walked away from his word. I walked away from praying. I walked away a bit committed. And so God couldn't be committed to me. But as long as I stay committed to him, guess what? God fought my battle. He always will bring us out and, and help us. So as we look at this tonight, and we go back and, and we're going to look at a couple of chapters here. Uh, Acts 18 and Acts 19. And there, there is a reason for this. Because at Ephesus, what some different things that happened. And I realize time won't allow us maybe to cover all the areas. But you've heard this, uh, no, doubt, no doubt, several times of the events that had taken place. In this particular city or, or location and what happened during the time of the ministry of Paul and Timothy and others that were with him. And some of the, the struggles and the battles, amen, that took place. You can read of different times that Paul would write about it. Such as whenever he wrote to the Corinth church, amen, in 1 Corinthians 15 to 32. Fought with beasts at Ephesus. Fought with men as though he had fought with beasts. Hallelujah. I, I, you know what? I believe that's an area that you and I, or at least I, need to move back into. Willing to fight for this thing. Willing to make a stand. Amen. Uh, 
we got a little something's going on. Amen. And, and I really don't know the outcome of it. And I'm just going to leave it like that for right now. I may say a little something about it at the end of the service. Amen. But you know what? We're going to make a stand that's going to be pleasing to God. We're going to draw some lines. And hopefully it works out all right. And nobody's offended. And everybody's okay with it. And if they're not, well, oh well. That's all I can say, you know. But we're going to do what God would have us to do. And make the stand that God wants us to make. Because this place has been dedicated. And this place belongs to God. It belongs to Jesus. It don't belong to you. It don't belong to me. This land has been bought and purchased for that reason. For that purpose. And so we want godly things and wholesome things to happen. Amen. That's what this building has been dedicated for. And it ain't been dedicated to make fun of God. Make fun of heaven. Hallelujah. Make fun about eternity. Hallelujah. Because it's real and genuine. Hell's real. Heaven's real. The devil's real. And God's real. And we believe in this true living God. We believe in walking upright and doing what's pleasing in the sight of the Lord. And so when you go back and look at this, you're going to see at Ephesus there were some great battles and great struggles that took place in this particular area. This is a place, amen, that, uh, that you begin to see some things transpire and happen. And, and, and I really don't know a better way to do it than just dive off into some of it. But you can look, when you go back to Acts 18 chapter, and you'll see things that it talks about. And I'm going to just kind of bring a few things out, amen, about some of this. And so when you look at it, uh, uh, you can start with, say, uh, man, I really don't know where to start, but be honest with you. Praise God. And he came to Ephesus and left them there. But he himself entered into synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. And when they desired him to tarry longer time, talking about Paul here, with them, he consented not. But bid them farewell, saying, I must all be, by all means keep this feast and that cometh into Jerusalem. But I will return again unto you, if God will. And he sailed from Ephesus. And when he had landed at Caesarea and gone up and saluted the church and Antioch, and I'm going to drive down to 24th first. But there, now we, I believe it's still in Ephesus here. And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria. Alexander, an eloquent man, mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, being fervent in the spirit. And he spake and talked diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. You know what? There's a lot of people who's got some experiences with God. And they got some beliefs. But I'm here to tell you, hallelujah, some of us has got to get wise enough, anointed enough, and walk in the Holy Ghost enough. Amen. To help them to understand there's something more for you. Hallelujah. Something more powerful. There's another experience for you. Pentecost. Pentecost is God's intent is that everybody experience Pentecost. And we Pentecost and experience. And so here, as eloquent a man as Apollos was and educated and astounded. But watch this. Aquila and Priscilla that had joined up in prior part of this chapter, amen, with Paul and found themselves at Ephesus now. Amen. They're going to be used because they're at the synagogue. Paul has left. But at this synagogue's where they, they hear, hear him. They don't make a big scene out of it. They don't flag him down and everybody. But they pull him to the side. Amen. This is being led of God. You know what? This kingdom's not about me. It's not about my reputation. It's not about my name. It's all about Jesus Christ and about the kingdom of God and the will of God being done. And being a light and a witness, amen, that's for people. You know why? Because this kingdom, amen, is a spiritual kingdom. Hallelujah. It's not an earthly kingdom. So I, you and I have got to get our minds made up. How are we going to fight? Who are we going to fight for? Amen. What are we going to make our investments in? What are we going to put our time? What are we going to put our money? What are we going to put our efforts? Amen. Are we going to put it in his kingdom? Or are we going to put it in other places? And so some of this deals with some of that. Now you watch what how this all unfolds. Man, help me here tonight, God. And so after this, you know that they pulled him aside and explained to him. Amen. And then watch the 19th chapter. 
Man, Paul has made his way back, and, and now, amen, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. <laughs> There's disciples of John the Baptist. You've heard this. First eight verses of this particular chapter addresses that. He begins to question them. Amen. Have they received the Holy Ghost? We hadn't even so much as heard about the Holy Ghost. And they know this, what the second question was? Amen. And all these other cats. Amen. That don't even follow their own apostle. Because Paul is the apostle of the Gentiles. Amen. But they don't want to follow lead. But here, amen, immediately Paul questions them. Then how have you been baptized then? If you don't have the Holy Ghost, apparently you ain't been baptized. Right? Because Paul believed that once you got baptized in Jesus' name, you ought to come up and you of life. Amen. The baptism of the Holy Ghost. Woo! Praise God. And, and so, hey, we, we, you know, we, we have received that. And so he baptizes them, lay hands on them, and they receive the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues. Amen. Just like the Gentiles did in the 10th chapter, just like the Jews did in the second chapter, they spoke in tongues. Now these are John the Baptist followers, buddy. I mean, they was doing everything they knew and everything they had heard. Thank God for the ears that's willing to hear what the Spirit's got to say. I'm telling you, we need to raise up a generation that wants to have an ear, amen, for what God's got to say, not just what man's got to say not looking for an easy way not looking amen to suit everybody else not just to suit mom and daddies and grandmas and grandpas and the traditions of men but I've got an ear to hear what the spirit's got to say and not just any spirit there's a lot of spirits a lot of voices but I'm here to tell you the only one God and one voice of God and one Holy Ghost and he'll never mislead you and he'll never cause confusion and so when you move on in this 19th chapter and through those eight verses. And then it moves on from that. And watch this. And, and, and after that eighth verse. And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months. Disputing and persuading the things concerning what? What it was concerning? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is what? Amen. It's not meat and drink, but it's what? It's peace, joy, amen, and, and righteousness. What? In the Holy Ghost. This is a spiritual kingdom. This is the kingdom. If you're going to get into this kingdom, you've got to be born into this kingdom. If you're going to be a part of this kingdom that's going to be a part of heaven, you've got to get in the kingdom business. If you're not in the kingdom business, you're in the wrong business. I don't care what kind of business or what kind of jobs or what kind of positions we got. Amen. We better have it connected to the kingdom business. If we're not interested, more interested in the kingdom business than that, then we better back up and repent, find us an altar, and get back right with God. But I believe there's some folks in here's in the kingdom business mind. Amen. We're in the kingdom business. We, might, we want to be mindful about the kingdom. We want to do what we can in the kingdom. Amen. And so curious, he begins to address that. He says, what divers were uh, hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude. He departed from them and separated the disciples. Amen. Disputed daily in the school of uh, Tyrannius. Amen. Tyrannius. Amen. Here. Amen. You can see for the space of about two years. And for what I can understand from the Unger's Bible Dictionary, and I, I'm telling you this is where it comes from. So let me just tell you what it said. The man in whose school Paul taught for two years during his sojourn at Ephesus, the fact that Paul taught in his school after leaving the synagogue favors the opinion that Tyrannus was a Greek. But whether he was a convert is uncertain. Paul taught every day in the lecture room of Tyrannus. Public life in the uh, in the Aenean cities ended regularly at at the fifth hour, which is 11 a.m. How many of you love to, for your day to be over with at 11 o'clock every day? Well, that depends on if it started at 12. <laughs> okay. 
12 a.m. But, but apparently it didn't. But so, so, so what's this? Thus Paul himself would be free and the lecture room would be disengaged. And after the fifth hour, the time which he devoted to, I mean, generally to home life and rest was applied by him to what? To mission work, to kingdom work. He didn't go home and prop his feet up. He didn't really have a family outside of the disciples and those that was with him. And so he took this time and took this room and those that was willing for two years, he began to talk and to instruct and guide them into the kingdom and what would take place and what would happen. And so we begin to get a little idea what's unfolding here and what's transpiring. And God brought special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and the diseases departed from them and the evil spirits went out of them. That's one reason we practice this. That's the reason we got little prayer cloths up here. And that's the reason we anoint them and lay hands on them. And I pray in God every time somebody comes there some results. Amen. In fact, to the point to the place that, that you might even be a little hesitant about doing it because if you come you know it's going to happen well it's not going to happen unless you come that way it's not going to transpire unless you come that way. God's going to do something. I may not like what he does. I may not even like the way he goes about doing it. I just know my God's going to do something about it He's not a dead God. He's not a baby God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, he's big enough to do whatever we ask him to do. And when we ask him with the right attitude and ask him with the right spirit, God's going to show up and start doing things. So these are some of the things you begin to see that's happened in Ephesus. Even to the point that certain of the vagabond Jews, uh, uh, as they talk to them, he calls on and they said, you know what, i tell you what we're going to do. We're going to call over one that was demon-possessed and uh, evil spirits. And they called the name of Jesus. And you can read the next few verses to see what happens there. And there were seven sons of Stephen, a Jew. And so all these different things are transpiring to take place in Ephesus. Amen. So what I'm trying to get you to understand, when Paul wrote to Timothy, amen, about telling them to stay in Ephesus and make sure hallelujah that nobody teaches any other doctrines than what you have been taught and what's been given to you. Man does not have the right, amen, to add or take from this book. Hallelujah. In fact, amen, I'll talk about that in just a minute. By the help of God, amen, we'll talk about that in just a minute. Amen. But see, confusion, you can go from there as it moved on from this particular chapter. You could start about the 23rd verse now. At the same time, there arose a small there arose no small stir about that way. I want you to pay, pay close attention. The way, that way, and how often, and I don't miss some scriptures, how often the word way, singular, comes up. They don't call it the gospel. They don't call it Holy Ghost filled people. But it was the way that everybody in the region recognized them. It was the way that upset the, uh, the, the devils, that upset everybody else around them, all the religions, all the beliefs, and all the grandmas and grandpas. Amen. Because when Paul come in and preaching this at Ephesus, honey, I'm going to tell you what. He said he left something back. And they began to set up the doctrines. And they began to be powers moved and the glory moved. And bodies were being healed. Hallelujah. And devils being cast out. And Revelation got a hold of them. It was called the way. Because there's only one way. If you're going to heaven, if you're going to be a part of God's kingdom, there's only one kingdom. And there's only one way. And you're going to see this often throughout the scriptures. The simple term, the way. And now our vacation Bible schools on some of this. It's about digging up treasures. That's one thing that's wrong with our world. This is the most precious treasure. But nobody's willing to dig it out. I say nobody. You know what I'm saying. We want to dig it out. I want it. You want it. But what I'm saying, 
There's way too many that just accept what they tell them across this pulpit with an easy life and easy believing and just live any old way. I've had them to tell me. The reason some went the Catholic way because they don't demand nothing of them. Don't understand. Don't, don't, I'm going to tell you something. Don't get yourself messed up. Just because a so-called spiritual leader don't demand it don't mean God don't. Just because mama don't don't mean God don't. Just because daddy says, well, daddy says uh, uh, there's a heavenly father. And he means it. He wants us to live it. And so, as you watch this, amen, talks about, amen, that way. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver swines for Diana, brought no small gain unto the craftsmen. Now watch this. Man, they begin to work on the money. How they're making all the money, how they having riches and getting set up and all these good things. Whom he called together with the workmen of like occupation and said, Sirs, you know that not by this craft we have our wealth. Don't let money, amen, make the decision where you're gonna work. It may not be the will of God. <laughs> I'm still against the casinos. I don't care how much money they pump into the law enforcement. I don't care how much money they pump into the education place. I'm telling you in demonical powers in the spiritual realm, they bring destruction to that gov coast. Everybody else say what they want to. And those spirits will make their way up here. I'm telling you, California ain't got where they are. Amen. By doing good stuff. Why don't we want to let all them bunch come from across them waters then? Why don't we just let all them illegal elements, uh, uh, folks come in? Just let them come in. Bring in whatever spirits and whatever. Because we know what that comes with them, right? They want to change our doctrines. They want to change our constitution. They want to change. The, they, they don't want it to have a Jesus church. Well, that's the same way that stuff just like that. Because it's a nest for those spirits and demonical forces and powers. Work through. Okay, I, I don't mean to get on that one either. I'm a, I got to move on. Moreover, ye see and hear that not along at Ephesus, but almost throughout all of Asia. Listen, listen to what, what he's saying. Now, this is a silversmith. He's talking about Paul and what's unfolding, happening. This Paul had persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no gods, which are made with hands. How many of you agree with him? Everybody in this house better agree. There is no gods made with man's hands. Paul's right. <laughs> so that not only this our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of this great goddess Diana, which happens to be one of the, world, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Now, you're talking about getting to in spiritual high places and strongholds. See, we talk about it. We sing about it. And we kind of want it. But the test to come whenever we get it stirred up. And those demonic forces start, you know, rearing their heads up. And, and they start threatening to throw us in prison. And, and we start having battles at night. We can't sleep because there's a warfare going on. There's a lot to this now. Now we see why Paul had put Timothy 
Amen. Put them there and said, hey, you make sure you charge, you command them. It's going to be oversee this in this church in Ephesus. Because, buddy, there, there's some real battling going on. There's some folks that got beat up if I read the rest of that chapter. In fact, if you'll read on. They reached the point in place when they heard that a Jew was going to try to calm him down. Amen. They found out he was a Jew for two solid hours. Great is Diana. An uproar that almost caused all the Romans and everybody come down and shut the whole place down. Wow. <laughs> this is what happened at Ephesus. So now, let's go back a little bit. Let's go back and look. Amen. Why in the world would, would he, the charge, amen, to teach no other doctrine? He moves on from that. Because I'm going to tell you, I mentioned this at the start of this. If you start preaching, teaching, believing, and practicing the doctrine, you were going to stir up some things we've never stirred. Now, if we're not in this, if we're not in this to become the soldiers and become equipped and get our minds made up, it may not be fun. But if we'll understand what it's going to bring, because there's some individuals in this community that ought to be in this house. But there's some strongholds that's got them. There's some demonical forces and power that's got them. But if we'll do our part, God, God. It may shock to some that's sitting right here among us. That needs a loosening. That needs a delivering. Not me, not me, there ain't no way. When's the last time you prayed through? When's the last time that you and Jesus had a visitation even in your home and you rode in that carpet and you spoke in tongues and you had a love affair? I'm not, I'm not, I'm just telling us. That's what this thing's all about. It's about this kingdom, man. God's, God loves us. There's nothing like this Savior. And so, as we start to go through now, let, let me go to Acts 20 and 1. Let me go one more place before I go back to the 1 Timothy 1 and 4. Acts 21 says, And after the uproar was ceased, Paul called unto him the disciples. Embrace them. After the struggle, the battle, the confusion, and after it all, finally, he brought them in, buddy. He knew, hey, if I don't comfort them, if I don't work with them a little, they may not survive. They might not can handle this. We need one another. We need the encouragement of one another. And you and I better not expect them little darlings to come back here. Hit this floor running and speaking in tongues while we sit there and watch them. They're not going to do it. They're going to feel that pressure on them. They're going to be absent about 150 of them of the others. Up there, you, the majority is going up. Up there, the majority of them. They may four or five that's lingering back there. And you can bank on one thing. There's some counselors and preachers moving at them. Say, come on, come on, get up, come on, let's go up here. Come on, let's go up here and get, 
And they at least push him up to the front. Get him as close as they can. And it's Bob just. But if you and I come in here. You may not do this quite like this. <laughs> but you but it's the same spirit. Cause if this God can't move you, I tell you what he can do. He can put us in a place that will move us. I don't want to be. Brother Ford talk about them that's for eaglets. They don't know any better. But full-grown eagles, it's a different ball game. I don't want God to have to take all the comfort out. I don't want God to have to poke and, 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 and pry to get me to move. Oh, God, help me to hear that still, small voice. Say, come on, I need you to do. I'm ready, God. I'm ready to worship. I'm ready to pray. I'm ready to cry out. I'm not ashamed to call on your name. I'm not ashamed to lift up my voice. What, what else you going to do? Who else you going to call on? Come on, church. We got to break that spirit. Of, I'm telling you, it's a difference. We can't be half-hearted about it, nonchalant about it. God's watching. Jesus looking. We got to give it our best every time we come. You know why that does so well? Because that's what they're doing all day and all night. No times, no schedules per se. And everybody's up there to give it everything they got. <laughs> and that's the way it can be at the house. If you want it. If you don't want it, you'll never come to a prayer room back yonder. If you don't want it, you'll never you'll come here and sit down and won't put much effort into it. Don't complain about the fire when you ain't brought no fire. Don't complain about the size of the fire when you ain't brought no wood. Huh? That's just good preaching. You know what? I can't expect you to do it if I'm not doing nothing. I, I, don't, I don't understand preachers. I ain't being ugly here. I'm just telling you. I've seen it before. Preachers, amen, they can't move, can't do nothing. So not, not necessarily here, but I'm just using this example. You know, all the singing, great singing, great moves of God, great prayer went place. Hallelujah. They can't do nothing. They can't do nothing until they get up here and get this. Then all of a sudden they want everybody to explode. While they sit back and watch everybody for the last hour. I don't believe in that stuff. If I want to move of God, buddy, I'm going to start right here with you. Love and worship God. Sing and join in with that song. Magnifying God. God have, I told God a few minutes ago. I said, God, this is your church. This is your people. It's not mine. It belongs to you, God. God, you do whatever you want to in this house tonight. I don't hold you back in any realm whatsoever. Whatever you want to move and how you want to move, do it. We belong to him. His kingdom, his calling, his election. <laughs> Praise God. Now watch this. Praise God. Next verse. 1 Timothy 1 and 4. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies. I said, Lord, what in the world is Paul trying to tell them? 
What's he trying to get Timothy to understand? If you look in your premier Bible, it simply puts it mystical dialogues. It's actually kind of like your, your pedigree. Little tales, little stories that you can add on. And I think we better be careful even as preachers. There's nothing wrong with getting history. As long as you tell it, it's history. But I want to get up and just preach all about history and not out of this book. I have a hard time preaching what's in here. There's a lot of stuff that's never been preached in, these book, in this book right here. In my, my 27 years of pastoring here, there's still a lot of topics, a lot of subjects, a lot of places that's never been touched. So these Now watch this. When you go to genealogies in your pedigree, amen. And so I've done a little research, believe that or not. And so it led me to Marxism almost immediately. said, well, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> what does them folks do? <laughs> Who are they? <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> so I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you what it gave me. Now, I'm not all of it. I'm just going to give you the headings as it talked about them. And it talks about, there's a couple of things that really got my attention. They talk about, you know, you can take certain medications that help control it. <laughs> And immediately after that, they said, but it's incurable. That burns me up every time. That's like people telling people, you know, you, you're going to die tomorrow. That doctor don't know that. Now, he can say it from a medical viewpoint, and I understand that. But when he tells people that in a manner and a way, you know, you're going to die tomorrow at 7 o'clock, and that's the way it's going to be. You're not God. If God steps in, hallelujah, I may not die 20 years from now. I may go to your funeral, doc, because God's the master of this, not you. And I don't say that to be ugly toward the medical field. I just believe some things lies in the hands of God. And when you get the church praying and calling on the name of Jesus huh. I had a guy tell me just yesterday and uh, he's, the, the cancer's come back but and he's, he's working with it and you could see by his complexion so we just got to talking a little bit and, and uh, he said and this has been back in a few years and uh, finally it reached a point they was using different types of medication that was was happening but it was also it was shutting him down it was he couldn't function he couldn't operate he couldn't do he said after it went on he said I said for about a month he said I done had my mind made up he said he said I was doing this for my wife and children he said most people don't understand it he said when they put me into that tube he said for 20 minutes he said it was like being in a frying pan buddy he said, I ain't, I'm not talking about it worked its way up. He said, as soon as she touched that button, he said, it was like you was on fire. He said, and I just, I, I endured it. He said, I promise you. He said, the doctor, his doctor, they have actually become big friends, great friends through all of this. And he told him, he said, for a little man, he said, you sure are tough. He said, but I'm telling you, he said, I've done it for my wife and children. He said, but I finally got to the point, he said, I couldn't talk. He said, I couldn't function. He said, I couldn't do anything. And he's a big talker. 
It's Ricky. It's Mr. Ricky works for Man McCraney, if you want to know who it is. And so, as he talked on there, he said one night that he's laying in the bed, and his wife finally, she says, all right, Ricky, what's wrong? He said, well, he said, I really didn't know how to tell you this. He said, he said, I'm ready to stop those treatments. He said, I'm, he said, I'm not myself. He said, I can't function. He said, I can't talk to nobody. He said, it's not me. She wouldn't give him the okay to start with. But he said, in a day or two, she come to him. She said, okay, Ricky. He said, let's do it. He said, all I can tell you, he said, prayer was made. His daddy was a preacher. Said he said, I had about half of George County praying for me. He said, even the doctor said, he says, I, I really don't know what's happened. Because he had, he had gave him a test, and it was back. He tested him the second time. The numbers were just way too high. He said, then the third time, he, he said, Ricky said, let's test you one more time. He said, they tested me one more time. He said, when they tested me that third time. He said, the numbers is just as normal as they're supposed to be. He said, and that, this doctor has become a friend to him now. He said, he, he's straight up with me. He said, you know, he calls me at home. He said, we've we, become friends through all this. He said, but I told him. He said, I'm telling everybody. Because he was in a hurry. He said, but I got to tell you this. It led to this and then the conversation. He said, but prayer was made. I'm going to tell you something, folks. You don't even have to know the fullness of God. But if you pray and believe this God to show up and, and do some things for you. So when you go and when you begin to talk about genealogy and, and masochism, and that's probably not pronounced just right, I'm going to give you about nine things they said about it. Watch this. It's a sense of self-importance was the first one. They're overly concerned with statues Preoccupied with themselves, and, and it went, and I didn't write this part down. But even if they have friends, they choose friends that that's going to help them, that's going to lift them up, that's going to give them class that they can. The third thing was, they 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 fame for power, they fame for looks, and for money. That's, that's, that's their heartbeat. That's their drive. The next thing was, they believed themselves to be special, superior. Just a little better than everybody else. I mean, their whole lives, it's about them and, and, and their feelings and their ideas and being accepted. And there was a whole lot more to it. I just didn't take the time to write it all down. He says, they require, amen, excessive admiration. And they, they demand love. In other words, you've got to constantly pour it out on them. And, hey, and they even talked about, said, warned you, if you start in relationship, said a good way to know if they're kind of like this. Said if you only date them once or twice, amen, and they start just, I love you. You're the best thing that ever happened. And you don't even know them. Said that's a good flag. Say that they start just flooding you with flowers and candy and just. Uh, that's what the. Yeah, I'm telling you, we're living in a world today that's full of selfies. 
constantly, man, everywhere we're going. Letting the whole world know, man, we're on top of the world. We're eating this. We're doing that. We're dressed like this. We're doing. We're wrapped up in ourselves. If, if we get wrapped up in God as we're wrapped up in ourselves, they so called up, they, they were about their clothes looking. And there's nothing wrong with looking nice and, and all this stuff. But I'm telling you again, I preached this 20 years ago. You're far better off to buy a $100 suit and make it look like a $500 suit than have a $500 suit and look, it look like a, a $50 suit. <laughs> the man don't make the suit. Or the suit don't make the man. The man's what makes the suit. And we'll tell you something. God's the one that makes us. And fashion and forms us. And I, I got a few more to go. And I'm, I'm going to move on from this. I, this may not be too good. But anyway. They require excessive admiration and love. It fuels them. Amen. This is the relationship. This is what fuels. This is what makes them to go. And you know, So they, they lavish out, out for, for. And even to the point. Now watch this. They went as far as to say. If they don't get it. They'll start stalking you. They got stalking behaviors. Amen. Petty, amen, accusations. It's like gaslighting them. When they don't get what you think they, they ought to have got, they explode. That can't happen in the church. You didn't sing the song I wanted you to sing. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. You didn't. I, I'm... <laughs> I'm going on with this, this genealogy stuff. You watch this when I get there. They're entitled. They almost entitled. I deserve this. I demand that. I've never seen anybody that demanded respect got very much. You earn respect. You can hold a position and, and, and even a gun. And, but they don't, they don't, you know. As soon as the gun's gone, as soon as you've gone, the respect's gone too. <laughs> okay? I'm doing good. It's 8.32. We're going to 9. Is that okay? Praise God. They feel like they're entitled. Simply put, they believe they deserve the best. Whether or not they did anything to achieve such an award or an acclaim. This person might arrive at their entry-level job and immediately start informing everybody, amen, that, that the workplace isn't run correctly and how they think it should be improved. They take advantage of others with zero regard to the other person. They, they lack empathy. You know, they show up as being selfish, demanding, manipulating. They are jealous of others. They rule the, to others with arrogance. They stuck up. They're rude. I ain't got to speak to them. I'm going to tell you something. Everybody in here better have a, you better be speaking to everybody in here. If you can't speak to everybody and love everybody in here, you better get your altar and you better get with them and get it right because it's a hell of a heaven issue. God knows it. God knows it now. Hey, I'm just telling us we're the church. I don't care what close kin we are. I don't care how much fleshly close we are. That don't excuse us. I've had people tell me. Boy, I don't know. I've been living out in the Lord. Oh, 
I've had individuals say this. I put it this way. I can't go down to that church. So and so goes down there. If it's the house of God and the house of truth, I could care less who's coming here. I'd, I'm going to be here. I want to be part of it. I want to be engaged in it. I'll be involved in it. Amen. I want to do what I can, whatever it might be. Huh. Man, I want to do what I can to help. Man, to be a blessing, to see it come together and see it happen. Praise God. When you really begin to talk about the geology, the, what he's talking about is your lineage. You know why? What did, uh, what did they tell Jesus? We're the seed of Abraham. We've never been under bondage to any man. I'm going to tell you something. That don't mean nothing to the kingdom of God and to Jesus Christ. Jesus is not worried about one bit whose son or grandson you are or I am. It doesn't matter if my great, 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 great grandpa had started the UPC church and started, you know, in Kansas. If he had started all that, that wouldn't qualify me to do whatever. No, I got to still come through the same process. I got to come through the same cross. I got to be born into it just like everybody else. That's not all. I got to be called by, by, by God, not by man. That, that pedigree won't work. I could take you to Philippians, the third chapter, and give you the pedigree amen of what Paul gave them if you're going to put your trust in faith hey I can give you a pedigree buddy Hebrews of the Hebrews amen of the tribe of Benjamin amen of the law oh, I was a Pharisee so what is he telling us that won't work he's Paul's telling Timothy he said you tell them guys <laughs> I don't care who's their daddy that won't get the job done doesn't matter whose who's name and it won't make any difference that's what he's, why? Watch this. What's the kingdom of God about? It's about an inheritance. Am I right? We're going to move on about that. Okay. Because watch this. Came on your right genes. That's the reason somebody likes to get these trees and go back down through them and to prove that so-and-so, you know, he messed up and he was with so-and-so. And now I, I'm his sibling. And, and, and he's a multimillionaire and I want my share of it. I could take you six miles down 57 tonight. I could show you a for sale sign because there was two young daughters, granddaughters, involved in that land of Mr. Reg Green's land. And that's the reason it's divided up and for sale tonight. Amen. Because an inheritance gave them the right. And they're willing to fight and fuss over and do whatever. I'm here to tell you, we better get over some of that. Amen. We better put some of that behind because it's not worth it. Jesus said, if I gain the whole world and lose my soul, what have I gained? Are you understanding what I'm trying to tell you now? Are you understanding what Paul was trying to tell them and trying to tell Timothy and them? Because there was a lot of people in their day at time it was over the law it was over being Hebrews it was over being Jews and they felt like they was qualified and they should have done this and do this amen and step around Jesus and do whatever they wanted to but I'm here to tell you none of that man will work in this kingdom I'm not saying a lot but I'm saying a whole lot I really am study it out if you don't believe me why is that so important watch what he says next which ministers questions causes confusion all it is is strive up things stir up things that don't mount to nothing <laughs> I mean I mean if you inherit all this and you get a fuss and you have a split over it and all this other what watch what he goes on to say 
Rather than what? Godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. And so now he says these doctrines. We're commanded to teach and preach doctrines that edifies. Boy, we've been on this edifying the body quite a bit in the last year. From the gifts and everything and, 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 and talents and skills and ability. You know, when we get up here to sing and we get up here to play and we get up here to preach and we're in Sunday school rooms or we're in any kind of leadership whatsoever, it's about edifying the body. It's not about us as an individual. We're in this to edify. That's what the call. That's the grace of God. That's the gifting of the talents and ability. God's blessed to, to edify, to build. Because you know what? God's called me and God's blessed me to be able to do this. <laughs> y'all better be glad he didn't gift me to sing. I'd make a bunch of y'all mad up here. <laughs> Being pastor, I'd tell y'all, y'all go sit down. I'm singing tonight, praise God. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. Hallelujah. <laughs> So he moves on now. Now watch. For the end of the commandment is what? Charity. Out of what? Charity out of a pure heart. And of good conscience. And faith unfeigned. Um, sincere faith. What's it got to flow out of? It's got to be a pure heart. It's got to be a, a clean conscience. With man and with God. Man, this thing's powerful. When you really start to put it into your heart, mind, and spirit, I'm telling you, we're unstoppable. The church is unstoppable. <laughs> What's the next one? From which some having swerved have turned aside unto vain jangling. They swerved from the doctrines. They swerved from the truth. Now they're nothing but a tingling symbol. Just a jangling. But there's no life to it. There's no edifying to it. I don't want this church just to become another building on the side of the road. I want this to be a place that a hundred years from now the Lord tarries. This Jesus name baptism still be taught and experienced. This pouring out of the Holy Ghost. Living a godly life. Seeing people, amen, blessed and uplifted and encouraged. Being a place, amen. In fact, I wanted to be at the point, amen. Hallelujah. I know I'm getting way out there. About like the field, huh? Amen. That those druggies say, don't move to Bendale, man. That bunch will pray you through. We got the power to drive them demons out. I tell you, government don't. Your sheriff don't. Your president. But the church does, honey. We got the power to turn this baby around. If anybody can upset one of the wonders of the wonder, the, one of the seven wonders of the world, who in the world do we think we are? Man, they're going to tear down the whole temple tabernacle of Diana. We don't do something about it. This is what this gospel can do. This is what this truth can do. That's the reason we don't get caught up in some of that other stuff. We don't get involved in those fights. We got one far bigger and better. I know when time's gonna run out. I'd love to tie all this in back to the kingdom because that's where it's going. And so as it watch this, he said, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor what they affirm. But we know that the law is good if it's what? If it's used lawfully. 
Knowing this, that the law is not made for righteous men, but for the lawless, for and the disobedient, for the ungodly, for sinners, for unholy, for profane murderers, fathers of murderers, and mothers of men. Then where did he get this? Watch it. Where did Paul where did he get all this? Did he just pull it out of thin air? No. Scriptures. Remember what Jesus, and, and I, got, I got a couple of minutes. Remember what Jesus taught him. He said, as long as you believe on me as the scriptures have said. What scriptures was he relating to? It wasn't the New Testament. It hadn't even been written yet. It's the Old Testament. So watch. Where did Paul, where did he get this? Out of scripture. Out of the Old Testament. That's the reason you'll read things like this. Exodus 20 and 16. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Leviticus 19 11 says. He shall not steal. Neither steal false. Neither lie one to another. Deuteronomy 23 and 17 says. There shall be no whoremongers. No whores of the daughters of Israel. Nor sodomites of the sons of Israel. The Old Testament's against it. The New Testament's against it. You just keep going on down that list. You'll see what I'm talking about. And you'll see what unfolds and what happens here. Amen. When you look at this. You can, you can go for it. I'm going to take you to a few places. Paul's writings into 1 Corinthians 6, 9, 11. Nor shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now this is what he's talking about. They're not going to be able to hear, inherit the kingdom of God. Because what are we trying to inherit? We're not trying to inherit everything down here. We're inheriting the kingdom of God. We're inheriting. Amen. We've got inheritance waiting on us now. Folks, money can't buy this. Silver and gold can't buy this. Positions in this life can't buy them. Only thing that man has come through Jesus Christ. He's a door to this kingdom. He's a door into this inheritance. And so we got to abide by his doctrines. And so when you go to 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, idolaters, adulterers, infinite abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covenants, nor drunkards, nor revilers, or extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed. Thank God for the washing. Ye are sanctified. Be are justified in what? In the name of the Lord Jesus. By what? By the spirit of our God and so we was baptized in Jesus name and we took on the spirit a measure of that spirit amen and because of that such were some of them not any longer another scripture goes on and said as becoming saints these things shouldn't be named about you what's not even what that's what we're becoming saints I'm trying to attain I'm trying to gain an inheritance I'm trying to get the fullness of the kingdom of God how am I going to do that amen but hey, listen to the doctrines it's in this book right here amen and I'm here to tell you tonight those things will keep you out of the kingdom of God. I don't care how many, how many people's doing it. I don't care what positions they holding. Those kind of lifestyles will keep you out of the kingdom of God. We could go on. Man, I could go to Romans 1. Fulfilling their own lusts. God turning them over. Forsaking even the natural use. Both men and women. Somebody dropped the ball in some of these other denominal churches. That's the reason they're, you know what? That spirits that's got in there. And they messed it up. We're not exempt. They're trying to weave in. That's the reason we don't believe in sissy boys. We don't want them.
We're going to rough them up. Take them out. Go camping. Do something. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I tell you what, I'm so against it this day and time. We wouldn't even let our granddaughters play like they was boys. And you can say with that what you want to. But I'm telling you, we're in a real spiritual world tonight. And I'm telling you, it's getting some strongholds. And the only thing that's going to be able to contend with it is the church. It's the true church. Your school systems are going to fail. Your government's going to fail. Your stores are going to fall. Come on, I'm watching them. They're going. Your Catholics are submitting to them. The rest of them's going to follow them. And ain't going to be but one, buddy. The way. The way that's got her mind made up. I'm not, I'm not budging. I'm not backing off. But I'm going to tell you something. It's these little doctrines. It's these little doctrines that's what's going to hold us. It's not just the big ones. It's those little things. Because I'm telling you, the enemies learn how to, sl- how to slither in unrecognized, unnoticed. And begin to build and get toeholds. And positions and places, even in the church of the living God. You'd probably, and I'd probably be shocked what's standing behind some apostolic pulpits that's full of the devil. Coming in sheep clothing, ministering and performing themselves as lights of God. But the day will come when they'll reveal, and God will reveal them. But let me ask you something how much damage? Are they going to do before finally somebody steps in? Come on, tell you something. Well, I'm, <laughs> some things God leaves up to the leadership, leaves it up to us. Let me ask you something. Who marked the line at the bottom of the mountain, God or Moses? That's the reason it's a dangerous thing. When your pastor draws a line somewhere, you start, you start bucking against it. It may be a little to the extreme. It may not be like everybody else. But there's some, well, watch this. There's some things that we're bucking against. This church has always been against it. Every pastor we ever had has preached against it. It's not a new doctrine. It's the same doctrine. Just like he told Timothy. Hey man, you make sure they don't preach any other doctrines than what they've been taught, what's been given to them, what I, Paul, has given by the revelations, amen, that I received from God, amen, spent three years, amen, a special vessel of God to set the foundation. And it wasn't just a foundation, amen, of the gospel of death and burial and resurrection. It's a foundation of holiness. It's a foundation of righteousness. It's a foundation of teaching and instructions how to keep us out of that world. Doctrines, doctrines, teaching. I'm watching the time. We so important, church. I'm gonna finish up. You, you can stand. I'm gonna finish up with this. Let's go to the tenth verse. First Timothy one and ten. Watch this. For men stealers. Did you know? I've heard this from some law officers. I-10 is the worst highway that we know of. The human trafficking. 
that there's some officers that's watching that road. They're not looking for speeders. They're looking for certain vehicles that they almost sure it's human trafficking. And that's the ones they're trying to catch. Have a little children. And you know, you know. I had some Old Testaments I could have took you to about that, but time won't allow us. We won't do it. For liars, for perjured persons. Somebody that committed perjury is somebody that told a lie when all the evidence knew upon it that he knew. And he willfully lied. He lied under oath. It still blows my mind sometimes. The confession some people that makes about God, knowing God and going to heaven. <laughs> While they're pulling on their cigarettes, drinking their beer, and using his name in vain. But I'm not going to hell. Disobedient children. But here's the big deal. Most of them had never even become a child because they'd never been taught. This is what they've been taught. Making confession with this. I can say I'm a millionaire all day long. I can tell my wife, baby, we got plenty of money. You just go buy your two or three trucks and, and go buy, yeah, go, go down there to get that number off that Mr. Ridge down there. We want it all. We don't want just a third of it. We want all of it. Write the check. She can probably write the check. <laughs> so as long as nobody tries to deposit, we'll be all right. And that's what they're doing. They're writing a check. But there will become a deposit day. And the checks won't be no good. Check won't be no good. Church, this thing is so, it's so real. It is so real. When we think about this, when we look at this, now watch what he says in this latter part of this verse. And if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. Contrary means to be opposite, opposing. God's really just put up some good boundaries for us to keep us in a good safe place and if we'll walk there we're going to be alright but if we start opposing it and bucking against it and if we just make statements well that's just that preacher you know how they are I'm telling you no dangerous grounds. No dangerous grounds. Got to be careful. Contrary to sound doctrines. Thank God for sound doctrine. Sound simply means healthy. Why, do we, why are we such against having certain things taught to our kids? Why you, why you wouldn't let your little eight, nine-year-old daughter run around with that 16 and 17-year-old boy? 
you know, they have about 10 years difference. What's the big deal? That don't sound bad when it's 68 and 78. But it's the end of the world when it's 7 and 8 and he's 17 and 18. Or let's go the other way. She's 17 or 18. But we'd be shocked. I mean, he just lets their kids go wherever, when he, especially when it comes to church. Just any old way. You'd really be shocked how most people really think when it comes to church and to God. Most of them feel like it's nobody's business but their own. And nobody ought to not say nothing about it. This book doesn't, hadn't taught us that. Thank God for a five-fold ministry. Thank God for a good, healthy church like this to come to. Thank God for good families like yours to come and be a part of this and join with us. Let's put up the fight. Let's love the doctrine. Let's love this truth. Let's let it have its way in all of our lives. Every day at home, wherever we're at. Let's be a Holy Ghost filled child of God. Let's conduct ourselves and handle ourselves. Amen. Why? Because it's important. And there's coming a payday. And we sung about it tonight. Amen. I really enjoyed them, the songs tonight. <laughs> He's my lifter. He can lift me up when nothing else can. Man, you can be going somewhere and all of a sudden he just shows up in that vehicle. There's nothing like it. <laughs> Brother Jerry, I really believe he's quicker than Tylenol. I really do. Thank God for Tylenol and give him Tylenol. But I believe Jesus can work quicker than Tylenol. <laughs> in fact, Tylenol won't work unless Jesus says, okay, I'm going to let it work. <laughs> But if he says he don't want it to work, you take the whole bottle. <laughs> we want him on our side. I want to be on his side, don't you? Love you tonight. I'm just going to let you be dismissed. I know it's 9 o'clock right at it. Love you tonight. Appreciate you.